Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going to be going in depth into my week number four tight end start or sit decisions. We're going to be talking through every single matchup from Thursday night football all the way until Monday night football and I'll be telling you guys whether I believe you should start or sit the tight ends in all of those games. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today today's video, it would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want to check out my weekly rankings, as well as get an answer to any of the questions you guys may have, make sure you check out the Patreon link in the video description for $7.50 a month. So without further ado, let's get into my week number four, tight end, start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. In this matchup, I like both of the rookie tight ends. Now, Sam Laporta, as well as Luke Musgrave, were tight ends that I talked up throughout the fantasy football offseason, especially on the front of Sam Laporta. There were so many positive reports out of rookie camp, training camp, in preseason, he looked good. So to me, it seemed like a no-brainer that Sam Laporta would be heavily involved as the starting tight end on the Detroit Lions, and that has been the case thus far this season. Sam Laporta is currently the tight end two on the season, and the Packers' defense isn't the best up against the tight end as a whole. Yes, they do have a very solid defense, but up against the tight end, that could be kind of a chink in their armor. So ultimately, Sam Laporta here up against the Packers' defense at this point in the season through the first three games games, Sam Laporta is a must-start tight end. He has not fallen outside of the top 10 at the tight end position yet this season. Luke Musgrave's best game of the season came last week up against the New Orleans Saints, a game in which he had six receptions on eight targets for 49 yards. This is definitely a great matchup up against the Lions defense, and Luke Musgrave does have guaranteed volume. Now, there are levels to things at the tight end position, right? I think Sam Laporta is a couple levels ahead of Luke Musgrave, but with how bad some of the tight ends are, for fantasy football this season, Luke Musgrave is not really a bottom-of-the-barrel start, but he isn't the most ideal tight end start either. But at the end of the day, both Sam Laporta as well as Luke Musgraves are start on Thursday night football. Next up, we move to the London game, the Atlanta Falcons at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel sorry for football fans on the West Coast who got to wake up at the ass crack of dawn to watch the Atlanta Falcons versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. If I was you, I would probably just sleep in unless I was a fan of either of these teams. Kyle Pitts had his best game on the season last week, but it really wasn't even all that great of a game. It was just the best he's done on the season. If we knew for sure that this offense was going to throw more and that Kyle Pitts was guaranteed 8 to 10 targets every single game, then he probably finishes as a top 6 tight end. But the problem is, Arthur Smith doesn't want to throw the ball. They want to run the rock with B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier. And it does, from a philosophy standpoint, make sense, right? Your starting quarterback is Desmond fucking Ritter. You obviously don't want Desmond Ritter throwing the ball a bunch. If he is throwing a bunch, it's probably because you are down bad, getting bent over a table later on in the game. So Kyle Pitts is a start. He was a guy that I really liked in the offseason. I thought people were giving him a huge discount, so I might as well take my shot from three on Kyle Pitts. Hasn't really paid off thus far. Hopefully, maybe a new quarterback shows up there in Atlanta because with Desmond Ritter, it just doesn't seem the best. Again, he's still start-worthy, 
But I just hope he can get more volume because even with Ritter, if he does get enough volume, he could be a reliable tight end start weekly. Evan Ingram is currently the tight end four on the season. He has had eight targets in back-to-back -back games and has yet to find the end zone. But even without finding the end zone, he has been incredibly reliable game in and game out. While this Jaguars offense has been topsy-turvy, and honestly, that might even be kind to the Jaguars because the Jaguars started off on fucking fire week one against the Colts. But after that, they've really petered off after that first half of a dominating performance against the Colts. So hopefully the Jags wake up here up against the Atlanta Falcons in London. Next up, we got the Miami Dolphins at the no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Miami Dolphins got rid of Mike Licky on my Gasicki, uh, obviously is on the Patriots, so they mostly roll with Durham Smythe. Now, as a Dolphins fan, Smythe has looked good in terms of being an NFL tight end, right? If Tua throws him the ball, most of the time, he catches it. And you know what? That's good enough for me as a fan, and he looks good blocking. He just looks good out there. But he doesn't command anywhere near the amount of targets that you would need to be start worthy up against the Bills. Sure, could he fall ass backwards into the end zone in what might be a tit for tat high scoring affair from the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills? 100%, but he is not reliable enough to be a start in this game. For the Buffalo Bills, they have Dalton Kincaid as well as Dawson Knox one time, if you are with me. Dalton Kincaid had a down week last week up against the Commanders, but we do know his role in the offense. Him and Knox will split work and Kincaid will probably see more targets by one or two on a per game basis. Now he is not an ideal start but we know that this game could be that Rock'em Sock'em Robots game right with how good this Bills offense can be his upside is there for him to Hulk smash, meaning for him to finish as like a top three tight end. And with how the tight end landscape has been this year, maybe Kincaid up against the Miami Dolphins could be the tight end one on the week. Again, there is certain downsides of Kincaid being the fact that Dawson Knox is still there, but Kincaid also hasn't scored a touchdown. So some might argue that Kincaid is due in this game. So Dawson Knox, just like I said with Kincaid, Kincaid is more likely to lead in targets, but Knox is no slouch, right? There's a reason why the team paid Dawson Knox so much money. I think Knox still has upside, right? He scored this season. He's got a nose for the end zone. But with Kincaid likely getting more targets than him, you can't really start Dawson Knox. So Kincaid is a fringe start. You can bump him up a little bit because the matchup Dawson Knox is definitely best left on the bench as is Durham Smythe. Next up, we got the Denver Broncos at the Chicago Bears. The battle of mid, the battle of the basement. Adam Troutman and Cole Komet, the starting tight ends in this one. Adam Troutman did look good in week number one. It was like, ooh, maybe Russell Wilson has found a love for that tight end again, right? Ooh, maybe Russell Wilson's going to feed the rock to Adam Troutman. But uh, outside of week one, even without Greg Dolchich, and even with this being a quote-unquote, in my opinion, wet dream matchup, right? One of the best matchups that you could have as a tight end. I simply can't talk myself into starting Troutman because he has been invisible over the last 
two games. Cole Komet, I strongly believe that Komet is a good tight end, right? And if I could magically transform or transport, right, ship him off on a plane to Miami or an offense that would actually utilize him, then Cole Komet would be a start-worthy tight end weekly, and he has looked good at points in this season. The problem is this Bears offense, I've said it a bunch this week, is inept. They are incompetent. They are one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Justin Fields, fucking sucks this season. So again, while the matchup against the Broncos might feel juicy, right? The Dolphins just hung a 70 burger on their forehead. I just don't trust Justin Fields enough to roll out Cole Komet. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns with Marky Mark Andrews. This one is very simple, right? He had a down game in week three, looked good in week two, obviously didn't play in week one. You are going to start Mark Andrews every single fucking game. I don't care if he's going up against the 85 Bears defense. I don't care if he's going up against the Raiders or the Bears, right? Regardless of the matchup, you are going to start Mark Andrews because he has that upside to be the number one tight end. Regardless of his matchup, he is a top three, maybe even a top two tight end, arguably, in the National Football League. So even when the tough gets tough, right? Even, I guess that's not when the tough gets going is like the fucking eulogy. I wanted to use your analogy, but even in tougher matchups, like against the Browns, you're still playing Marky Mark Andrews. David Njoku, honestly, he has just been bad this season. I don't want to kind of just talk around it, right? David Njoku hasn't been good this season. I still believe that David Njoku is a very talented tight end, but if he fails us this week against the Ravens defense, that it is going to be time to cut ties with David Njoku, but this week I'm firing him up as well as Mark Andrews. Again, Mark Andrews is a no-brainer. Next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Le Titans. We've talked about this all week as well. The Tennessee Titans defense is rock solid against the run, but up against the pass, they are absolutely atrocious. Now, that is going to be very useful for Jamar Chase and Tee Higgins and maybe Tyler. Yeah, Boyd ends up finding his way into the end zone, but when it comes to Irv Smith, he missed last week's game with the hamstring injury. We might see Drew Sample be the starting tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals. And even in a good matchup, the problem with Irv Smith is that there are too many cooks in the kitchen. They have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. They have Tyler Boyd. They also got Joe Mixon, who could command a decent target share in this offense. Plus, Joe Shiesty hasn't even looked the best this season. So there's a lot of negative factors for Irv Smith. Plus, he's playing banged up with the hamstring injury if he does end up suiting up. So I'm going to sit him. Chig Akankuwu, one of my favorite tight ends in the NFL, really showed off last season, showed out and showed that he could be a starting tight end in the NFL. And he deserves his role in this Titans offense. The problem is this is another tale of a solid tight end that is just in a bad spot, right? There's really no ways around it. There are too many options to throw the ball to around Chig. They have Traylon Burks. They have DeAndre Hopkins. And this is also the goal of this team is to be a run first team, right? They want to hand the rock to Derrick Henry. So while I still believe Chig is a talented tight end, 
you just can't start him because of the system he is in. Next up, we move to the LA Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below. Tyler Higby is going to be a start for me. He's a solid tight end weekly. He's going up against a pretty mid defense. I thought the Colts defense would be worse than they are, so I will give them some credit, but I won't say that they are the best defense in the NFL. They are not some world beaters. The Rams offense did look definitely like they took a step down from even that matchup up against the 49ers in week two week three against the Bengals they were really limp dick but I do think that Tyler Higby hops back on the saddle and has a better performance up against the Colts especially if Matthew Stafford can limit his turnovers Kylan Granson is actually a pretty interesting player but he is a sit for me he had a down week three but prior to that he was actually looking pretty good and the reports are that Anthony Richardson is going to play in this game. Now, again, is it a mortal lock of the century? No, but my best guess based upon what I have read is that Anthony Richardson will be under center, not Gardner Minshew. But again, even though he looked great in the first two games, and to be honest, he did actually look great. The problem is with a guy like Kylan Granson, who doesn't have a fucking laundry list of a career behind him that tells you that he's going to be reliable. Those first two weeks may have been a little fugazi, a wazi, and a woozy. So I am sitting Kylan Granson this week. But if he does it again with Anthony Richardson, he's going to have to be a guy we talk about as a start going forward. Next up, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. Now, Cade Otten is another classic case that we've talked about a couple times in this video to where the offense just has too many other good pieces in it, right? There's a chance any given week that Mike Evans... Chris Godwin, as well as even Rashad with two A's white out targets, Cade Otten. So again, while Cade Otten actually appears to be a solid weapon, the problem is that he just does not get enough usage. Plus, this matchup is incredibly tough for tight ends. This Saints defense is no joke, so Cade Otten should be left on the bench. Jawan Johnson of the Saints is a sit as well. I do think Johnson's a talented player, but with Carr out, I think we are going to end up seeing even more Taysom Hill with famous Jameis Winston under center to even further bury Jawan Johnson. He has yet to finish inside the top 12 at the tight end position and is a clear stay away for me. We were seeing Taysom Hill used when Derek Carr was there. Derek Carr was throwing the ball in the red zone to fucking Taysom Hill instead of Jawan Johnson. I like Jawan Johnson. We've seen solid things out of him in his career, but right now with the situation that the Saints are in. Juwan Johnson is just not a guy you want in your starting lineup. Next up, we got the left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders. The Washington Commanders at the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, we all remember in week number one that Dallas Goddard put up a grand total of zero points. A goose egg might have ended up being the reason why you lost your week one matchup. But after that, he has gotten seven targets in each game. So based upon where you drafted Goddard as like a top six, seven round pick, as in most situations, a top five tight end and how we've seen him perform in prior seasons and this season so far, you are going to start him. He's on one of the best offenses in the National Football League with one of the best quarterbacks 
But I will note, it is frustrating when they get to the one-yard line and they use the tush-push bullshit to get Jalen Hurts in there because maybe some of those times on the one-yard line, we would get a nice ball thrown to Dallas Goddard, which would make us much more happy as people who drafted Dallas Goddard for the Washington Commanders. They have Cole Turner as well as Logan Thomas. Now, Cole Turner did look good in the camp process of things as well as in preseason and played decent last week. But up against the Philadelphia Eagles defense, who looks reinvigorated. I am definitely staying clear away from Cole Komet. Now, uh, not Cole Komet, Cole Turner. And we're also staying away from Cole Komet, though. Logan Thomas, also of the Commanders, is dealing with a concussion. He got hit hard in that game in week number two. That was very hard to see. I'm glad that he was able to get upright. That looked like one of those scenarios where he was going to be down for the count and maybe they had to bring the stretcher out. Ultimately, he was able to get up and that's great for Logan Thomas. Speaking of great for Logan Thomas, he looked great in the first two weeks, right? But I don't recommend starting him if he's able to play in this game because he's going up against the Eagles. Now, if this was a softer matchup, then yeah, even up against the Bills last week, I probably would have talked myself into starting Logan Thomas because of how good he's been. But coming back from the concussion, whether he plays or not, I am not starting him up against the Philadelphia Eagles. But again, just like Granson, this might be a guy that's a sneaky start going forward. Next up, we move to the... Cold Lock, Minnesota Vikings at the Carolina Panthers. Another guy where we just have a layup of analysis, right? We got Dwayne Wade to LeBron James, the fucking alley-oop, right? TJ Hawkinson, you start him every single week. Tight end one on the season. Eight or more targets in every single game. This Vikings defense is a complete and utter fucking disaster. You're better off putting a CFL defense out there than watching the Vikings play because that defense is a sieve. They are getting pounded in and out all game long. And it's why the Vikings have lost every week. This Vikings offense even performed in prime time against the Eagles. Kirk Cousins wasn't the new nightmare, right? That was the joke from last year. When he's playing at 1 o'clock noon, this guy is super hot fire. But once it gets later in the day, once it gets nighttime, the guy crumbles like a fucking cookie. But this year, he's looked good in primetime. This offense has been humming to the nth degree, and TJ Hawkinson is a must-start up against the Panthers. I didn't think Hawkinson was going to be a top-two tight end this year. But maybe I was wrong. Again, I still had him listed as my tight end three or four. So I don't think that's even that crazy to be just slightly lower on him. But yeah, I'll eat crow right now. I didn't think Hawkinson would be this reliable weekly scoring this many points. I thought he'd be reliable because Kirko Chains throws him the ball. But I didn't think he would be scoring this many points so consistently. Hayden Hurst was amazing in week one. But besides that, he has not been a top 32 tight end. The health of Bryce Young is up in the air. We still don't know if he's going to play or Andy Dalton, the red rifle. So Hayden Hurst is going to be a sit this week. Next up, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Houston Texans. But before we break down this game at the tight end position, as well as the rest of the games, I would like to give you guys a quick word from our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play the pick'em for the NFL in the whole entire universe. And Underdog has a great offer for you guys to today that I'm going to speak about in just a couple of seconds. First, I want you guys to understand how Underdog Pick'em works. For instance, we're going to be talking here about 
about the Sunday London game. I believe that Bijan Robinson's going to bounce back after a poor performance last week, getting higher than 92 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. And I also believe that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a much better game than he's had over the last two weeks of the season. So higher than 241 and a half passing yards. The max bet on this is a thousand dollars. For instance, if we put in five dollars here and both picks hit, we would get three times our entry fee. If we want to do three picks, we get six times, four picks are 10 times, and five picks are 20 times your entry fee. If you are new to underdog fantasy and live in one of the states that are on your screen right now, you can actually get a first match deposit bonus of up to $500. So if you deposit $500, they'll give you an additional $500. If you do $200, additional $200, $100, and additional $100, the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is $10. So again, if you are new, make sure you use promo code Notorious or click on the link in the video description for a first match deposit bonus up to $500. And if you have a gambling problem, make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here. Steelers at the Texans. Pat Fryermuth is a start. He hasn't been consistent at all this season. And the targets haven't been phenomenal. But he has found the end zone twice and has an all right matchup against the Texans. Again, the barometer of being a start-worthy tight end in fantasy football is so fucking low. There is like five, six, seven guys you can argue are like must-starts every week regardless of the matchup. And then you got guys like Friar Muth who are just praying to the football gods that small hands, Kenny Pickett figures it out and finds him in the end zone. Dalton Schultz is actually very shocking to me this season because Dalton Schultz has looked good in Dallas and with how good this Houston's offense has been looking, how good CJ Stroud is playing, Nico Collins looks good, Tank Dell is on fucking fire, but it's like Schultz has been cucked by those guys. He has just not been very involved in the offensive equation for the Texans. Plus, they're going up against a tougher Steelers defense. So I'm going to bench Dalton Schultz. I was pretty high on Dalton Schultz all offseason. I thought that CJ Stroud was going to force feed the rock to Schultz. Because he's a rookie. Rookie tight ends love that safety blanket. But apparently CJ Stroud doesn't know about a safety blanket. Because he's fucking heaving the ball 40 yards to wide open Tank Dell or Nico Collins all the time. Which is sick. It's fun to watch, but it sucks for the boy Dalton Schultz. Next up, we move to the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, Michael Mayer, as well as Austin Hoopa, have just been seeing zero involvement in this offense of the Raiders. The Raiders just don't throw to the tight end. Jimmy Guap, Jimmy G spot. He loves a nice tight end in real life, but I guess not on the field. Gerald Everett had his best game of the year last week, and I feel better days are ahead without Mike Williams. Now, obviously, it sucks for the offense. The offense is definitely going to feel a large blow pause from losing Mike Williams, but it definitely helps out Everett as well as his touchdown upside. So, Parham will probably score a touchdown or two in this game and just ruin everything for Everett, and this Raiders defense is Dog shit. Next up, we move to the New England Patriots at the Dallas Cowboys. Hunter Henry was another one of those guys that looked real hot. Pause week one and week two, but down week against the Jets. But again, that's the Jets defense. So I'm still confident in Henry going forward. Now, am I going to rank him super highly this week? No, because while the Dallas Cowboys defense 
just got down on their knees and was given dome to Joshua Dobbs last week. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. I think the defense wakes up in a big way up against the Patriots. But Henry definitely has touchdown upside. He is probably the number one red zone target for Mystic Mac Jones. So while the matchup isn't the best, I definitely would roll Hunter Henry out there. Jake Ferguson has been a top 12 tight end in each of the last two weeks. Finally, his targets equaled actual receiving yards. The first two weeks, sure, he scored in one of those games. He was getting the targets, but he was getting like 11 yards a game. And that just doesn't get it done unless you fall into the end zone. So seeing that he got the targets and seeing that the production actually worked was very solid to see. I think this game, the Patriots are going to look to shut down the Lamster CD Lamb. And we are going to see a lot more of Jake Ferguson in this spot. Next up, we move to the Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. Now, we know, or a lot of you probably knew when you drafted George Kittle, that this guy would be hit or miss. I guess they'd ever miss, huh? Right? Every week, he's up and he's down, right? He has the highest of highs and he has the lowest of lows. And that is because the 49ers offense loves using George Kittle to block, right? I make this joke every week, but this guy's laying pancake blocks down like he works at fucking Denny's. But that is awesome for the 49ers offense. And it's awesome to see. It's fun to watch when Kittle does it, but it doesn't get you any fantasy football points. But there are going to be those games where George Kittle steps on the gas with no break and stomps on a defense like last week up against the Giants. Tight end number three. He's a must-start regardless of his inconsistency. But again, you just have to fully understand Kittle might be three points this week, but he might also somehow score 30. Zach Ertz had a down week three after a solid start of the season. Currently the tight end 13 on the season. Not the best matchup, so he won't be ranked very highly, but he's still start-worthy because of the amount of volume that he should get up against the Niners' defense. Next up, we move to, because you waited all day for Sunday night, the Kool-Aid man, Andy Reid versus Robert Sala and the Jets. Zach Wilson threw a football at Robert Sala in practice. At least that's the rumor. I don't think that's actually what happened, but apparently someone threw the ball at Salah, apparently the locker room is being led astray by Salah. They're very nervous that if Zach Wilson keeps playing, there is going to be a full-on fucking rebellion. Heads are going to roll like fucking Mussolini, and things are getting scary. Things are getting scary for the Jets. Uh, Tyler Conklin, if the Jets had a somewhat competent quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who sadly got hurt, Conklin would be a start-worthy tight end. But with the MILF hunter Zach Wilson being the starting quarterback, fuck no, baby. You can't start Tyler Conklin. Travis Kelsey, you don't even have to think about it. You don't think twice. You just play Travis Kelsey. I know I went in on TJ Hawkinson, even though I tried to kind of keep things light there. But with Kelsey, you know you're starting him every single week. Regardless of the defense, doesn't matter. You're starting Travis Kelsey. You're starting Uncle Travi. Next game here, final game, Monday Night Football, Seahawks at the Giants. I have went on a rant, a tirade about the scheduling of Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football already, so I'm not going to do it again here with this. But Jets and Giants, double prime time, absolutely atrocious. Darren Waller definitely hasn't lived up to my expectations. I was higher than Elon Musk on the... 
tight end Darren Waller. I really was. But hopefully in the more ideal matchups that are to come, right? He shits the bed against Dallas, shits the bed against the 49ers. But now he's got the Seahawks, a much better layup of a defense. I think Waller bounces back. And I think this whole Giants offense wakes up. Noah Fant, this guy was at just a couple of years ago, like one of those tight ends that everyone was getting down on their knees, given the Gawk Gawk 9000 to a lot of people liked Noah Fant. I was never really on the Fant bandwagon, but I could see where people were coming from in Denver. But now he's in Seattle and they just use three different tight ends basically every single game. You'll see Fant catch a ball, and then you see a touchdown to a tight end. You're like, oh, Fant scored again. And then it's like, nope, it's actually Will Disley or Kobe Parkinson. So when there's three tight ends, there's really none that you can start in fantasy football. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's video, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want to check out my weekly rankings, that will be uploaded tonight as well as an answer to any question that you guys may have. Make sure that you guys check out the Patreon. Link in the video description for $7.50. I love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great rest of your guys' day. And as always, good boy!